I discovered was, or was reminded of, was all we have to do is ask. Ask God. He's the creative one. He's the creator of the universe, and he lives inside of each one of us. And he wants to help us. Such a basic principle, and yet so revolutionary, the way that the Lord will show up and meet a need that you could never have figured out how to meet on your own. That just really encouraged me and helped overcome some challenges. Hi, you're listening to the Zan Tyler Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by BJU Press Homeschool. Homeschooling is an exciting adventure we take with our children. One of the most challenging parts of this journey is choosing the curriculum you want to use. BJU Press Homeschool is a curriculum you can trust. All the books, resources, and videos have been designed with you and your child in mind. Their curriculum is educationally robust and rich, taking into account that children have different learning styles, strengths, and needs. Mom, you are in charge. BJU Press Homeschool is here to come alongside and support you. Do you need help with the teaching load, or is there a subject you just don't want to teach? Their amazing video courses are available for all grades and almost every subject. BJU Press Homeschool believes that homeschooling can produce a new generation of students who know God, love their neighbors, and stand firm in their faith. For more information, go to BJUPressHomeschool.com. That's BJUPressHomeschool.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Zan Tyler Podcast. I'm your host, Zan Tyler. Today, we're going to be talking about gaps, gaps in our homeschooling. Every homeschool mom I've ever talked to is worried about gaps and how these gaps will affect their kids. So today, Nancy Manos and I are going to be discussing that, and we hope we're going to give you encouragement and information that will inspire you to homeschool with joy and confidence. So Nancy, thank you for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. This is going to be such a great discussion, such an important and timely conversation about gaps. Right, because if we don't feel the weight of the gaps in homeschooling, we have lots of people in our lives that will um, give us gaps to worry about. You That's know, so I can re- I, I can remember when Joe and I first started homeschooling, everywhere I went, people would say, what about the prom? I mean, my kids are six and four. What about the prom? What about PE? That was a big deal back in the day. Um, what about physics? And I, it just would get me on this trajectory of worry. And it was like I'd set an alarm clock in my head every morning at two. I would wake up and my mind would be going in a thousand different directions with with those conversations playing that I'd had throughout the day with everybody telling me how much my kids were missing or how I couldn't fill the gaps in education or I couldn't educate them without gaps. So I can remember um, I used to wake up Joe every night in the middle of the night and talk to him about these things that were on my mind. And finally he said to me, hey, Zan, Jesus is always awake. And so it really hurt my feelings because he didn't want to talk to me at two o'clock in the morning, but it did change my prayer life. And, um, and Nancy, you said something about gaps that really means a lot to me. So in our homeschool years, you know, we homeschooled from preschool through high school. And what I discovered was, or was reminded of, was all we have to do is ask, ask God. 
he's the creative one. He's the creator of the universe and he lives inside of each one of us and he wants to help us. Like it's so, such a basic principle and yet so revolutionary. Um, the way that the Lord will show up and meet a need that you could never have figured out how to meet on your own. And so that just really encouraged me and helped overcome some challenges. You know, I really do believe that as we homeschool, God is our superintendent of education. And we're really just co-laboring with the Holy Spirit as we seek to raise our kids um, to glorify Him, but also to have a fulfilling life where they can serve other people. So there are a couple of things I want to say about gaps as we start, and that is every form of education has gaps. Gaps are not unique to homeschooling. I mean, there's no perfect school teacher in public, private, or homeschooling. There's no perfect curriculum, and if there were, there's no perfect learner. Every child is not going to learn everything you've tried to teach them, and so it's going to in inevitably lead to gaps. <clears throat> I can remember I, I, I started preparing my kids for the gaps they were going to feel when they went to college, that they were going to feel when they went to college, because I had um, gone to a new high school in uh, my city of Columbia, South Carolina. It was one of the best high schools in the state. Uh, there were 600 kids in my class, and I, I probably graduated in like the top one or two percent, and so I studied hard. I worked hard hard. And when I got to college, I'll never forget when I walked into my first three classes, I was 450 pages behind because the syllabus, which wasn't ready for me until the day before, had had us reading about 150 pages in each class before the first day, before the first day of class. And I remember thinking, nobody prepared me for this. So I would tell my kids all the time, we're doing the best we can. We believe that this is what God has called us to, but you will feel, you will feel gaps or experience gaps in what you know and need to know in various situations. And part of our job is just teaching our kids how to learn and how to navigate life. And um, so I just, I just, but I think it's really important to realize there will always be gaps. Another gap I had in my education was I, um, when I was in high school, they started this English five program. So I exempted English four, which was British lit to go on to English five. And then when I was at Furman, I was a, an English major and they said there was a class I wanted to take. I think it was Puritan literature, which was like my favorite literature class I've ever taken. But but I had to, they had to exempt me out of British Lit to get to that course or whatever course it was I was taking. And so in high school and college, I missed British, British literature. And it was such a hole in my education that I'm still trying to make up for with my own <laughs> independent reading, you know. So that's a gap. And uh, so, so anyway, I just want to put mom's minds at ease that wherever your kids would be in school, they're going to have gaps. And then we're going to talk more than just about academics in this program. There are also relationship gaps and spiritual gaps. But Nancy, first, I want you to share some of the stories um, that you've shared with me about gaps you faced with your girls when you were homeschooling. You know, there's always going to be a spot where you don't know how to fix a situation. You don't know how to overcome a challenge. You know, and like I said, I would ask God 
One of the, the ways that are so memorable to me that he showed up was both of my girls were struggling with math. By second grade, like at the early ages, they both thought they weren't good at math. And we finally found a math curriculum that was working well and they enjoyed, but they had math trauma. And so they would sit at the table and it was like crying over math every day. And I just was like, Lord, what are we going to do about this? Because they have to learn math. So he, he reminded me that my daughters are very hands-on learners. They're creative. They're artists. And even as young girls. And so I got out a big dry erase board and I put it on a big easel and I wrote their math problems on the dry erase board. And now it's a tactile, like art experience instead of it's the same problem that's in the workbook that made them cry but now using a dry erase marker on a dry erase board. And they're like, we got this. So that was a really fun moment where like the Lord just showed me, Hey, just think outside the box and I will give you some ideas. So (laughs) that was a really fun one. And then the other one that was really interesting to me was cursive writing. Um, I got, you know, the curriculum with the, I wanted them to learn to write in cursive because I think it's an important skill. I think there's a uh, hand brain connection, things like that. We tried different workbooks. We tried doing it different ways. I would take six months off and then we'd bring out cursive writing again. And it was just painful and uh, nobody was enjoying it. And so then I set it aside for a whole year. And finally, I came back to it and I said, you know what, we're just going to write Bible verses in a cheap composition notebook. So each of the girls had one of those, you know, 15 cent, 25 cent composition. (laughs) I would write a Bible verse in cursive on the dry erase board and they would copy it into their notebook. And it was amazing to me how just that, and and it might've been timing too. Sometimes I think we try to do things when they're not physically ready, emotionally ready, you know, um, mentally, academically ready. And so sometimes you just need a break. You need a gap to wait for their their hand to catch up, for their brain to catch up, for their willingness and interest. You know, that is such a great point because in homeschooling, we can pay attention to readiness because we don't have 20 or 25 kids or 30 kids that we've got to keep, you know, sort of in lockstep with each other because of classroom management. And um, we can really focus on our child's readiness and their interests. And I think that, yep. you know, that's amazing. That helps a lot. I when when my boys were growing up, this is they were they were seven and nine, they are seven and nine years older than our daughter Lizzie. And so we were um I wasn't even homeschooling Lizzie at this point. But we um I I just felt like I was doing a terrible job with science. And I can remember um hiring a science tutor and they met with this tutor for like six weeks. And I said, I want you to go through th- these three science books. It was really three years of science and pull out the main principles and make sure the boys understand it. So as we move forward, I, I feel like those gaps are taken care of. And it was really interesting because as this guy worked with them, he wasn't really in tune with their learning styles. Like Ty's an auditory learner. And if he doesn't talk about it, he's not going to respond to instruction. And so it was so funny. He said, Miss Tyler, 
have you been teaching your boys at the same time, the same thing? I said, yeah. And he said, from the things they know that are different from each other, you would never know they had been in the same classroom. And so, you know, it's interesting. It is interesting how our kids learn and internalize differently and what they're learning, you know, and the way they express it is going to be different too. Um, One of my um, favorite maybe goof ups as a homeschooling mom. I just, I just kind of have to laugh at God's sovereignty at this one and thank him for preparing the kids anyway. The boys were taking, it was the first time I had ever had the opportunity as a parent to have a class taught outside the home. You know, when we were homeschooling in high school, it was before the days of the internet and, and um, dual learning was just, dual classes were just coming on board and uh, I wasn't comfortable with that prospect yet. And so we um, we had this this man who was a retired science teacher. He was a friend of mine who worked for us at Skays, and he was helping uh, Debbie with their homeschool. And so he just decided to set up a class because he had been a science teacher. And and my my second son, John, loved science, and he wanted to be a doctor. And so science was key to him. Ty was a people person. We knew that he would um, he was going to make his living with his mouth, whether he was a preacher or a salesman. It would be his verbal skills that he used, and science was not important to him. So they were in the same science classes, but the level of importance I placed on it for John was much greater because he wanted to go to med school. And so the interesting thing for me was John becomes an attorney after Ty graduates, he gets into medical device sales and has to fly to Boston or somewhere um, with his class of sales people and take all these uh, medical school level science courses. And so the kid that I thought would never do anything with science, here is his career is in science. And I remember Ty, Ty telling me the story about the instructor saying, well, the big boss called today and he asked me, for the best student in the class. And he said, well, Ty, I told him you weren't the best student and you weren't the worst student, but you had the biggest heart and would make a great salesman. Oh, that's and, so great. you know, so it's interesting how we create gaps that we don't even know we're creating. I thought I was making the best decision for the boys in science, not to stress Ty out with science, but make sure he had the credits he needed for college. And, and lo and behold, I mean, you just never know. But, but it's like you said, God just, God is waiting and active in blessing our kids and helping them get to be where he wants them in life. So good. You know, one of the things that you and I chatted about a little bit was the gap in that education experience that we had going to public school or private school, you know, whatever, as kids, you know, talking to moms and dads who are just getting started homeschooling, it always fascinated me that one of their biggest concerns was, well, my kid won't get to experience prom or sports or graduation ceremony or, you know, those kind of things. And it's really interesting to me because it's amazing what you can find if you just look, especially today, there's so many opportunities. 
I think almost every state homeschool organization hosts a graduation ceremony. A lot of support groups do. You know, you you can have a cap and gown ceremony um, and not just with your one student in your living room, you know. Um, and so it, it's amazing to me, too, to think about how um, parents are really innovators. And so, you know, that proverb, necessity is the mother of invention, it's certainly true for homeschoolers. I think moms and dads are some of the most creative people when there is something that their child wants to learn or do or experience. We can either look around and see if something's available, or perhaps God's calling us to step out in faith and start something ourselves. You know, some of our favorite things, my girls did one little speech and debate class that wasn't for them, but they tried it. Um, We did have a homeschool prom in our area that my girls weren't really interested in, but lots of homeschooled teens went to. There were, you know, theater, homeschool theater and arts programs and math clubs. We even did a homeschool bowling league at one of the local um, bowling centers. That's fun. Uh, classes or, you know, leagues for homeschoolers. And we had a blast doing those things. So there's things that exist and there's things that we can create, but we don't have to miss out. Um, And what I found was the opportunities that my kids had, I think were greater than what they would have had in a school because it was so tailored to their interests and their needs. You know, that is so key, Nancy, because one of the things, there's so much educational efficiency in homeschooling because we we don't have a classroom to worry about. We've got two or three or four or eight kids, you know, that Mm -hmm. we're trying to teach, but we can focus on their learning styles and their interest. And so as, as we do that, the learning takes on a new relevance for them yep. and a new priority. And I really think that helps to close a lot of gaps in their lives. There's this quote um, from Bill Gates, of all people, you know, founder of Microsoft, that I love. And this was, I can't, this has been years ago that he said this. He said, American high schools have become obsolete in the way they face education. And it's time we set up a new set of three R's, rigor, relationship, and relevance. Oh, that's so good. And I thought that was so good because our relationships with our kids are so key. And and as we're working with them and we love them and we know them, and we're implementing their interest into the way we teach them, then it becomes relevant. And we can implement the level the level of rigor they need in the areas they need for their callings in life. It's so true. You know, by the time my girls were probably 13, 14, I realized neither of them were going to go into something that required higher math. So we had made the decision that they could each go through Algebra 1, and it took one girl a year and a half, and the other, it took two years to finish Algebra 1. And then our younger daughter decided, I want to learn geometry. So she went to Barnes & Noble and bought herself a book, I can't remember what it was, but on um, how, to, how to learn geometry. And she just did that on her own. But I always anticipated that, um, like, if we didn't do enough lab sciences or we didn't do enough higher math, that if they changed course from what I anticipated, 
they could fill in that gap at the community college. They could take classes that we didn't cover at home, perhaps. And so I was not really worried, overly so, about those those missing areas that if they needed one day, they could fill them in in some way. You know, that is so interesting because that reminds me of Ty and John. So they didn't do dual enrollment, but they did after they graduated. They took a couple of classes the summer after each one of them graduated at a community college to get some hours and to get like composition out of the way, English composition, those those types of things. And it was it was really um, interesting to me to because I had. I don't know. I don't know why I was worried, so worried about English composition, but they took it. They did really well. And then John had a teacher that was a Shakespeare expert that just happened. She had been out of job at a major university and happened to be at this community college. And so John took a Shakespeare class with her after that community writing course and just gave him a, in six weeks, it was an intense course, gave him this amazing um, education in Shakespeare. So it you're right. It's it's just amazing to see the way those gaps are filled. And you know, another interesting thing is how homeschool kids grow up and help fill some of those gaps. I can oh, remember sure. I you know, I don't know why. PE was such a thing. Um before SCAES and before a lot of homeschool laws got good laws got passed. Homeschool parents had to teach PE. And for a lot of moms, I mean, that was like the kiss of death. So Ty and John were both very good athletes. And they came home after a support group meeting one day. They ran up to their rooms. They were plotting. I mean, they didn't want me involved. I thought, what are these two up to? They're teenagers at this point, you know. And so they come downstairs and they said, okay, mom, we heard all the moms talking at support group today. They are so scared of teaching PE. They don't know what to do with their kids, how to teach them to throw a baseball, you know, how to get them physically fit. They said, mom, we know how to do that. So we've called and we've reserved a community center. We've talked to two of the homeschool moms in the group. We're going to teach a six-week PE class. And so they decided how they were going to run it. They got two moms to be there every week. They charged like $5 a class. It was just enough to pay the community center. And then Tide had um, child evangelism fellowship training. And, and then John was very active, you know, in Bible study and stuff too. So they, together, they would do a little Bible study and prayer time with the kids at the end of the PE class. And it was much cooler for these younger kids coming from these two teenage boys. And so, you know, I just think that our kids witness us wanting to work with them, making mistakes, figuring out the answer together, and it teaches them how to be gap fillers in other people's lives. I don't know if that makes sense, but it does. That's amazing. I I love what homeschooling can create, the atmosphere that exists, the opportunities. So I have two quick examples. One, um, when our older daughter, Olivia, was about 15, she came to James and I and said, I want to learn Ariel, not like circus Ariel, but like Cirque du Soleil. Um, And we're like, 
well, that's not something mom can teach in the living room. So what are we going to do about that? Well, she was 15. So James told her, you go do the research. You see if there's any classes nearby. Does something like that exist? And she found the Circus School of Arizona had a lady who was teaching that kind of aerial. Um, and so we, it was one of those deals you buy 13 weeks, you get the cheapest price. It was still super expensive. But we thought, you know, this is something she's interested in. So we're going to support this. We paid for the 13 weeks. She thrived in it. And in the meantime, God was working in the background. The church that um, she took dance classes at, there was a Christian aerial troupe that needed rehearsal space. They offered free classes in aerial in exchange for rehearsal space. So then Olivia got to take these aerial classes in a Christian environment. She ended up teaching classes over time as she aged and developed skill. And it was just so neat to see Like, I couldn't have planned that. There's no way I could have found that solution. I couldn't have known that God was bringing that that opportunity um, at a much more affordable rate um, for us. And then the other fun thing for us was Alex, our youngest, she started horseback riding at about age nine. Tiny little girl. I mean, she was five feet um, and maybe 100 pounds fully grown, you know. So at nine, she was just this little slip of a thing. But she was all about the horses. And so we found a place for her to take lessons, and she loved it. Well, over time, because we homeschooled, and she was at the barn almost every day during the day, she was offered an apprenticeship. She got to be a groom and work with the horses in exchange for free lessons at one point. And then I think the barn that she was at lost a groom, and they hired her as a teenager. And I just love that. And and some of her closest friends were some of these women, adult women, uh, who were horseback riding enthusiasts. And it was neat that she had friends of all ages, and she was able to help the younger girls. And then she she was mentored by these older women. And just, it's so neat to me how when God puts something in their heart that they're interested in, how he's already got a plan to meet that need. And sometimes we just have to step out in faith and say, okay. Oh, that those are such great stories, Nancy. Those are great stories. And you're right. I mean, I just remember my friend Deb Bell saying, Zan, God delights to bless our children. And I think we need yes. to remember that God is for our homeschooling. I mean, yes. We're seeking um, to train our children to love Him and to love their neighbors, and to use their gifts for God's glory and their neighbor's good. And I think that's a model of education that God is blessing. So we, we just, it's like you said, we just sort of sit back in awe and see what God does for our children, sometimes through us and sometimes in spite of ourselves. It's so true. And so we um, we are going to continue this discussion uh, in the second part of this podcast, and then we are going to focus on things. Today, we've been talking about academics and life skills a little bit, but in part two, we're going to talk about gaps in relationship and gaps in faith, because those are things that are never addressed 
in are rarely addressed in institutional educational settings. And to me, this is just, these are two areas where homeschooling really shines. So thank you so much for being with us today. And we hope you will stay tuned for part two. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope this was encouraging and inspiring for you. If you would like more information, you can find me at zantyler.com. Until next time, see you later.